Welcome to the most impactful place on the planet, Tabernacle Baptist Church. This is Reverend Dr. Charles E. Goodman Jr. People call me PG, and I'm so honored to lead this amazing ministry that is really trying hard to glorify God. Listen, thank you for tuning in. Matter of fact, go to our website, tbcaugusta.org. You can find out about all the wonderful things that we're trying to accomplish for the kingdom of God at our church. Matter of fact, you can also give through Secure Give, Giveify. We pray that you will partner with us as we once again do all that God calls us to be. Well, let's get into that word and that experience. I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. God bless you. One more time. Come on, let's give God our best praise today. Let's honor him. Let's celebrate him for his goodness to us. And as we have our Palm Sunday, it is often a wonderful time for us to remember uh, what Jesus did for us. Every Christian, every believer, this ought to be the most significant week of our calendar as we remember the sacrifice, the love of Jesus Christ. And I hope that you would once again uh, keep that as a paramount thing in your hearts and in your mind. The book of Luke, chapter 19. Uh, it's been a while since I've done some traditional texts on these high holy days and so for the next two Sundays on Palm Sunday and Resurrection Sunday uh, we'll be sharing some traditional texts concerning uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ also want to encourage you to be a part of all that is happening this week from Wednesday with our children Thursday a special Monday Thursday service the prayer through on Friday outing on Saturday, and then, of course, to see your presence in the place of God on next weekend. So we hope and pray all of us be there. Also, as you heard in the video, I hope that you would, once again, those who have committed themselves to trying to right the ship when it comes to finances, uh, just help us, and I pray that you allow God to speak to your heart uh, for sharing that Hope Seed offering as we want to make a sizable contribution back into some various entities within our community and we need your help and once again once you get right with God it's always good that you honor God with what God has blessed you with amen, amen. how many of you know God's been good to you don't fool me this morning how many of you know God has been good to you and for that we give him glory Luke 19 beginning around verse 28 reading from the New Living Translation this is the word of God Telling this story, Jesus went on toward Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. As he came to the towns of Bethage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he said to disciples ahead, Go into that village over there, he told them. As you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there. No one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, Why are you untying that coat? Just say, The Lord needs it. Say, the one and found the coat just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked him, why are you untying that coat? The disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought the coat to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. Once again, as we go back to verse 30, these are the words of Jesus as he's preparing for the triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Go into that village over there. He told them, there will, as you enter, you'll see a young donkey tied. There no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying that coat? Just say the Lord needs it. For the time, which is ours, very briefly, I want to share today as we celebrate Palm Sunday. I want to talk about when Jesus has need of you. Look at your neighbor's neighbor. Jesus needs you. Lift those hands toward heaven and say, Lord, speak. We need to hear. You may be seated in the presence of God when Jesus has need of you. James Montgomery Flagg was born in 1877. The name may not spark much to you, but he was a well-celebrated artist. Most of his early write, um, drawings from the age of 12 
with such magazines as Life Magazines and others. Went on to have an illustrious career. He was known as an incredible artist. But perhaps his most popular a drawing was not one that is found in a museum, it's not one that adorned various newspapers, but he is known when our nation went to war in the First World War, he was commissioned to do the propaganda, to share with what the nation was trying to do, and he drew a picture that is now iconic. It was a picture of a man that was supposed to be Uncle Sam. And in that picture, you see under the picture of Uncle Sam, this simple saying, I, the U.S. needs or wants you in the U.S. Army. I want you in the U.S. Army. It was known as an enlistment poster. It goes down as perhaps his most famous work. Matter of fact, if you see the picture now, you see it. In that picture, all this man who is supposed to be depicting Uncle Sam, U.S., says, I want you for the U.S. Navy. At that moment, it was used for enlistment, and that was important because in order for war to take place, engagement to happen, people had to sign up, people had to be chosen, people have to be drafted into the army. And I believe, my brothers and sisters, there is some practicality to that because I am really drawn to really, in essence, that one phrase, that one word in that statement, you. Because when we look at it, think about it, I mean, what a lofty thing the the nation was asking, was asking for you to sacrifice your life, sacrifice your freedom, sacrifice a lot so that others could once again live a life of freedom. And that is the same thing that happens in the kingdom of God, that we are chosen. All of us will be enlisted. And if we really begin to navigate that, that is what I appreciate about the kingdom, because there's room in the Lord's army for all of us. Whatever your skill set may be, whatever your talent may be, whatever it is that you have been given, I'm here to submit and suggest for you today that oftentimes it happens not on a broader scale, but with the personal invitation of you. But for most of us, we wrestle with that, and that is where it becomes problematic because, in essence, in order for us to embrace being in the Lord's army, we have to be comfortable with ourselves. And that's what brings us to a real thought today. I really want to wrestle with this and tease this out just a little bit, is that for most of us, we wrestle because the question then raised, God, why would you want me? Have you ever asked that question? Have you ever wondered? I mean, have you ever been perplexed by this invitation that God gives us? Because the truth of the matter is we know ourselves. We know our imperfections. We know our failures. We absolutely know our flaws. And here is where the tension happens is that many times we're wrestling with God because we're saying, God, I hear the invitation, but I'm not sure you really want to call me. Have you ever been there? Have you ever? I mean, I know in church and you got it looking good and you have people fooled. But let's be honest, our spiritual lives are not as pristine as other people would assume. I mean, we pray, but we don't pray like we should. I mean, we serve, but we don't obviously serve like we should. And we have mastered the public parade of trying to be the holiest and the most sanctimonious but there are moments if we'll be honest that we oftentimes look to God and in our despair of our hearts say God I'm not sure if I'm ready to be utilized to be used by you and my brothers and sisters that's what begins to encapsulate this particular passage it is here as we're celebrating on what is considered one of the high holy moments it is considered Palm Sunday it corresponds with the time when Jesus makes the decision he is rolling the 
into Jerusalem. He is going, my brothers and sisters, uh, uh, to the feast of the Passover. This was a crucial time in the life of the people of Israel. I mean, if you'll be, and to take it off hands, this was a really political and volatile moment. The Passover was not the most well-attended of all the Passovers, but it was, in essence, the most political of the festivals. It corresponded when the children of Israel were emancipated from Egyptian captivity and that's what makes this so in name uh, so incredible because this in essence is the first time that Jesus publicly accepted the acclaim of being the Messiah this is the first time publicly normally he would tell people be quiet normally he would tell them don't say a word this was the first and only time Jesus allowed people to honor his messiahship he allowed people to acclaim him as the son of God and so now you have the stage set he's getting ready to try triumphantly move into the place of Jerusalem. It's the Passover season. He has disciples. He, he has those who are ready to announce his coming. He, we have Jesus on one hand, but there's something missing. There's a donkey he needs donkey he needs to ride in according to Zechariah 9 and 9 that gave the prophetic word that said that the Messiah the son of God the liberator would ride into Jerusalem triumphantly on a donkey and Jesus had everything to check off the list he had the drought he had the place he was going he had everything else but there was one thing he was in need of a donkey <laughs> donkey my brothers and sisters is what he would need in order to to fulfill this mission this assignment would be incomplete if God did not have something to ride on and my brothers and sisters it's interesting because as we began to ponder that think about it Jesus chooses this donkey not a horse a horse was considered a means of war a donkey was considered a means of peace a donkey my brothers and sisters one of the most common animals of that day I mean a donkey that was known to be a hybrid matter of fact there was no for his stubbornness, his loud bark that could be heard for miles around, his long ears that would oftentimes drape over his head and oftentimes cool his blood in his body. The donkey, my brothers, no one wanted to hang out with donkeys. Donkeys, my brothers and sisters, were simple common animals. They were sometimes pets, I mean, but yet they were workers. They were hardline. They were blue-collar type of animals. These were the ones that, I mean, would hang out in the back of the area. You wouldn't put your donkey up front, but when Jesus needed something to take him into Jerusalem to signify him being the Messiah. He chose a donkey. Wasn't just a regular donkey, my brothers and sisters. Was not a donkey from Jerusalem. Was not a donkey from the royal pasture of the kings of that day. But he chose a donkey that was tied up. He chose a donkey from a little place called Beth Age. And this would be the donkey that Jesus would ride in. My brothers and sisters, I know I please, I hope you're not taking this offensive. I'm not trying to call you the alternative word that they use for donkey. Please hear me clearly today. That is not the aim of this sermon. But I will submit to you that when we look at what a donkey represents, when we look at where this donkey comes from, I'm here to tell you we have a lot more in common than we probably want to admit to because we can be stubborn from time to time. We can be blue collar from time to time. We can be misunderstood from time to time. 
be overlooked from time to time. And those are the ones Jesus is calling in this time of the kingdom. Those who may be stubborn. Those who may be overlooked. Those who may be blue collar. I'm submitting to you that just like Jesus has need of this donkey, that he has the same need for me and you. I wish I had someone that could help me and say I'm glad Jesus has need of me. I, I know I don't have it all together. I, I'm not perfect. I don't dot every I and I cross. I certainly don't cross every T. But the good news about Jesus is that he understands and gives us the perfect privilege of partnering with him in purpose. I'm here to tell you that what we see in this text is that there is no Hosanna for Jesus if he doesn't have a donkey to ride on. And that's all I want to simply say today. It's not long with today. We got a whole lot of master's traffic going on. I want to share simply what I see in this text. What was it about this donkey? Why, when Jesus makes the invitation, why, when Jesus calls out and has a need, does he now send two disciples to bring him this donkey? Just three moves today. I simply see in this text because just like this donkey, Jesus has a need for us to be released, for us to be reclaimed, and for us to be ridden. That's the a simple outline of this little message just like this donkey would need to be released reclaimed and ridden I think the same thing is applicable in our own spiritual lives so here is my brother and sister let's unpack that first of all why would Jesus have need of this donkey why would Jesus have need of this animal on his way into Jerusalem first thing I want to submit to you is that like I said earlier that he does this and not only for the donkey but also for us so that we can be released. It's interesting. This is what gets us because notice the instructions of Jesus. He talks to his disciples and he tells two of them. He sends them out after going through this montage and teaching on the kingship and the messiahship. He sends two disciples ahead. Matter of fact, it's interesting when you study this from an exegetical perspective people have struggled to figure out where this town of Bethage is. Many consider it perhaps just a community that's close to Bethany. We all know what Bethany is and what it represented in the life of Jesus. It was a place of rest and it was a place of refuge. It was where some of his good friends stayed, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. But, but it came time for him to move into Jerusalem and he knew what he needed. It was in a place called Bethage. It was an inconsequential place. As a matter of fact, scholars today struggle because they can't figure out where Bethage really is. It was literally an unknown area and it was this unknown area that Jesus sends two of his disciples. And he sends them with this one directive. Go gather me a donkey. Watch this. That's tied up. I, here's your sign to these disciples. When you go to this unknown, inconsequential place, this place that really a lot of people don't frequent, but it's real close in proximity to Bethany. In that area, what will signify what I need is you'll see a donkey that's tied up. Now, y'all, let's use our imagination. Surely, there were other donkeys in this area. Surely, this was not the only donkey that we know of. But text says, this is how you know which is the one you are to gather because Jesus did not give them an address. Jesus did not tell them explicitly which house to go to. He says, when you see a donkey that's tied up, that's the one I want you to get from me. Isn't it interesting that Jesus chooses an animal that is not free. He chooses an animal 
that is restricted. He chooses an animal that, that has limited mobility. It's limited in how far it can go. The thing that draws these disciples based upon the instruction of Jesus is I need you to go get me the donkey that can't move very far. That's still limited. That's still caught in this same place. It is tied up. It is, it is tied by a rope. It is connected to something that's refusing to let it go. That's the donkey that I need you to go get. My brothers and sisters, isn't that amazing about the Lord is oftentimes he knows the struggles that we have. He knows the pains, the problems, and the proclivities that oftentimes plague our lives. And this is what I'm grateful for is we serve a Savior that does not just go for those who are free, but he goes for those who are stuck in some bondage. Oh, oh come on. I know. I know you're not going to admit to it today, and I know surely you're not going to testify, but let's be real. All of us have some bondage. All of us have some things that restrict us. All of us have some stuff that keeps us tied up. I don't know about you, my brothers and sisters, but I'm grateful that I have a Savior that loves me enough to know that I am not meant to stay tied up. I am so grateful that I serve a God that he knows when I'm wrapped up and tangled up with the cares of the world. He knows that when I find myself in limited mobility, find myself limited in my perspective, find myself stuck to something I can't get loose myself I'm glad I serve a savior uh, that he's not just concerned about those uh, who have it all together but he comes and gets those uh, who are tired uh, I wonder is there anybody here uh, that can look over life and yes you look like you're free uh, but be real with your neighbor I've been tied up I, I've been restricted I've been restrained I, I've been in some places of bondage uh, but aren't you glad that the Lord does never want to keep us restricted doesn't want to keep us in bondage does not want to keep us the same way but he always knows what's best for us and here's the good news my brothers and sisters he'll always come searching after you because here's the thing about the donkey uh, he could not come to Jesus uh, but Jesus could come to him uh, and I don't know about you that's good news for somebody under the sound of my voice today uh, because as I look over my life can I tell you my testimony I didn't come to Jesus I wish I could told you uh, like some of you that I've had my best religious moments in church but I'm glad uh, that I got a savior that sees me in my restrictions sees me in my bondage uh, and refuses to let me stay the same way somebody knows he'll come search for you he'll he'll come reach you in an unknown inconsequential place and while you're struggling while you're tied up while you don't even know that there's more possibility that's when the Lord well I wish I had somebody that can testify that while you was in your bondage you thought that was life at its best you, you didn't know any different you thought life was meant to be live restricted but aren't you glad we got a savior that sees much more than we can see ourselves and he knows knows that you're better than where you are. He knows you are better than being restricted. He knows that you are better than being tied up. And I love that. Because text is clear. He gives him the instructions. Go get the tied up donkey. And notice who he sends to disciples. <laughs> I love that, my brothers and sisters. I appreciate that. Because in this walk with the Lord, he'll always send people to help get us loose. 
Oh, if I had time. I, I, that, that's what I appreciate about the scripture is that Jesus works through the human agency of relationships. Jesus works through people and somebody can testify as much as we love to talk about our haters and we surely spend enough time talking and bemoaning about those who don't care. But some of us ought to celebrate from time to time the people that the Lord sent in our lives to help set us free. Come on, let's be real. Aren't you glad that at strategic moments and at sincere situations God sent the people that we needed he sent a mama to your way he sent a friend your way he sent a prayer partner your way aren't you glad that you were stuck in your situation God sent you exactly what yeah, I wish somebody could testify that's my testimony pastor that the Lord sent the help right when I needed it and they didn't come to cause more pain in my life but God sent them to help set me free aren't you glad that God will send the right type of people, the right type of believers, and the right type of disciples to help free you from what's restricting you. I'm going to tell you that I appreciate this passage of scripture because it lets us know that when Jesus has need of you, he does it so that we can be released. But then secondly, here it is, he does it when he has need of us so that we can be reclaimed. Here's the interesting thing about the text is this donkey that was tied up was already owned by another master. I could make the argument and they go back and forth and just for the sake of clarity many have argued that perhaps this is already foredone by Jesus. There, there are many who would suggest and say to us that Jesus had already planned out the events of the Passover week, that it was him that had already got the upper room rented. It was Jesus that already went to the owner and told him that I'm going to need your donkey. Whatever it may be, some believe that, some don't. We don't know definitively, but what we do know is that this donkey that was tied up had a different master, had an owner. It had an owner that we can surmise chose to have the donkey tied up. The owner, the one who was over this donkey, decided to restrict this donkey. And even though the problem for the donkey was he was tied to something, a real issue was the master that was over him. Because you don't get tied up unless something is controlling you. You don't get restricted unless there is some kind of supervision over you and what we see in this moment is that this donkey not only had the problem of being tied up it was owned by somebody other than Jesus and that could happen we're not sure the Bible doesn't give us any of the conditions about this donkey we're not sure if the donkey is being well fed or not we're we're not given insight into those things we're not told if the donkey is scrawny or if the donkey is struggling from some conditions of life but all we know is that when you have the wrong master I don't care if you're well fed I don't care if you got enough water your life will still be restricted when we have the wrong ownership when we have a different master than Jesus. Our life will never reach its full potential. And so on one hand, Jesus understands that this donkey is tied up, but he also understands this donkey has the wrong owner. But in this moment that 
I, I need to reclaim this donkey. I, I need this donkey to move from who owns it now to the full possibility who can own it through me. And this is all that Jesus sends these disciples. He say, listen, you're going to get there and it's going to be controversial for you trying to untie this donkey because the owner of that donkey is going to have a problem. No one wants to lose something that they think is there. As soon as you try to untie the donkey, whether they like the donkey or not, they're going to get upset and they're going to wonder what in the world are you doing and this is your only retort this is the only thing I want you to do to respond to this owner who's wondering why are you untying this donkey this is all you have to say the Lord has need of it y'all missed it you got to catch this because I don't know if you put yourselves in the place of that owner that donkey now for us come on let's be real that's that doesn't seem like a strong enough kind of word to let me understand why you trying to take what belongs to me come on that's that's like me going to you with your car and you get ready to get in and I come grab the keys and I open the door and I sit in it while you're standing there you're gonna look at me like I done lost my mind and I tell you listen don't worry the Lord has need of it oh y'all so spiritual I love y'all at 715 y'all Y'all so deep, y'all. Oh, go ahead, take it, Pastor. The Lord has y'all so spiritual. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I mean, that's like me coming uh, to your neighborhood and seeing you getting ready to, to, and I'm going in, opening your door, and I'm going in, eating out of your fridge, and I'm moving my stuff in, and you looking at me like I done lost my mind. And the only thing I say to you, you know what, the Lord has need of it come on y'all there there will be some sense of protest y'all there'll be some calling of three digits to try to see can we get this crazy man out of my house there will be something said some post on social media something this man is crazy if my only thing that I'm saying was gonna give me ownership over it is that I'm saying the Lord I mean y'all so spiritual that's why I love the 715 worship experience because that don't bother you if the Lord needs it I'm gonna give it to him but come on let's be real if somebody showed up to your place that you don't know and tried to take what belonged to you and the only answer they could give you in your inquiry of what they were doing is the Lord come on y'all I'll be honest I know you say sanctified but some of y'all be rolling up your sleeves some of y'all be saying I ain't a killer but don't push me I wish I had some real people some of y'all say I'm about to catch a case I would I love the Lord but I'm about to come on let's be real so think about how crazy this may sound on an overview uh, that in the moment of trying to take what belonged to them uh, the only response the disciples had uh, was the Lord has need of it but that's how it works in the kingdom my brothers and sisters uh, that what we begin to understand upon this declaration uh, is that sometimes my brothers and sisters you got to reclaim some stuff uh, simply based on the name of the Lord y'all miss what I'm saying uh, because some of y'all can testify you've had uh, some enemies you've had some spiritual things uh, try to take your house and and try to take your children but I'm submitting uh, that Jesus teaches us in this text uh, that from time to time you got to reclaim some stuff in the name of the Lord. You got to look at your children and say, you know what children, you going to get back right. Why? Because the Lord has need of you. Sometimes you got to speak to your marriage and say, I know it's going crazy, but guess what? The Lord has need of you. Sometimes you got to speak some stuff and declare, I know 
it may sound crazy and I know it may sound weird but I'm just going to reclaim some stuff from the I wish I had some real bad bold saints in the house that's going to start reclaiming some stuff reclaiming your house for the Lord reclaiming your schools for the Lord reclaiming your community for the Lord at some point child of God you ain't got to go through no argument you ain't got to write a whole dissertation you ain't got to go through everything just say guess what the Lord has need of I wonder at some point aren't you glad that when you look at what you used to be in your BC days before Christ aren't you glad that the Lord reclaims you Oh, come on, let's be real. Don't act bougie today. Let's be honest. Aren't you glad when the enemy had you restricted and the enemy had you with low self-esteem, the Lord came in and said, I got need of you. I appreciate Jesus in this text because he says, when you reclaim it in my name, it will belong to me. He does it so that we can be released. He does it so we can be reclaimed. But here it is, he does it so that we can be ridden. Here is the final portion of this text because we're not sure how long they took Deacon Brown. We're uncertain of at that moment what transpired after releasing that donkey and after telling the owner the Lord has need of it. Some texts are oblivious. We hear that some moments his donkey did not ride by itself. Perhaps his mother was along with it. The, 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 the gospels don't give it that essence. Matter of fact, Luke and Matthew and Mark are the only ones that mention the donkey. Matter of fact, uh, John doesn't even talk about Jesus riding in uh, on a donkey, but Luke is very clear that when they get it to Jesus, when they bring this donkey that had never been ridden. It, it was literally a young donkey that had not been broken in. It has not had a, the weight of someone on his back. When it gets to Jesus, they have one main purpose because Jesus wasn't bringing this donkey to walk alongside of him but in order for this donkey to fulfill its purpose in this moment, Jesus had to ride on it. This was crucial, my brothers and sisters. Now, you got to imagine. I mean, the text gives us some context clues. It had never been rid. It had never felt the weight of an individual. A donkey, I told you before, is stubborn. A donkey, it literally tries to fight its owner. Many have suggested who have done scientific research on donkeys say that until they get comfortable with you, until they feel compelled by you, that they'll buck and they'll bite against you. So uh, this is what gives me my brothers and sisters Jesus to me uh, takes a calculated risk he decides uh, to choose a donkey that had never been ridden I mean the, the true reality is that if it was going according to what scientists believe uh, it should have started bucking at Jesus and biting at Jesus but the text says that when uh, they bring this never been broken donkey before in the presence of Jesus uh, it had never been ridden has never felt the weight of a human individual but when they got it in the presence of Jesus it changed its natural persona it changed the way it was because uh, you can imagine people saying this would never work Jesus because uh, that's not how this thing works you need to, lead to train the donkey first I mean uh, take it through some school or do something you how are you gonna take something that is really uh, that hasn't been taught how to ride nobody that is normally stubborn and bucks against the tree and uh, how you think 
on your first try, Jesus, you're going to ride that thing in. But guess what happens, my brothers and sisters? Because this donkey teaches us that when you get in the presence of Jesus, I don't care what your proclivities may be. I don't care what you buck at out in the world. There's something about the presence of Jesus that ought to shift your whole personality. It ought to change what you do. And the text says they put a coat on the donkey's back and Jesus gets on the donkey. Y'all missed it. Notice what I said. I told you donkeys are stubborn. This would not normally be the procedure. Normally the donkey would start bucking and no one can ride it. But when Jesus decides to mount this donkey, what goes against the norm is that Jesus is able to ride something that, that no one else could ride. Jesus was able to mount something that other people struggle with. Jesus was able to get on something that no one else could master. And isn't that like Jesus? Because at the end of the day, some of us can testify. That's why when people see us, they are amazed because they're trying to figure out when did you change? Because they surely would not have thought you'd be in church like you in church. Surely didn't think you would be singing in the choir or starting on the first two. Come on, y'all. Let's be real. I know you'd have mastered what it's supposed to be in church, but if we called some people that knew you, I'm talking about know you, know you, that, that rock with you and roll with you and hung with you. Come on, y'all. Be honest. I, I mean, you saved now and you got us food, but there's some people that know you. I'm talking about they know the real you, and it would amaze them. They would be astonished to see you as serving in the church, to see you as a usher, see you as a minister, see you as a donkey, and the only thing you can say is there was something about a man named Jesus. There was something different because when he got on me, he calmed my fears. When he got on me, he changed my entire life. I'm gone. It's a short little sermon, but that's what I appreciate because the text says that when Jesus got on his back, they started making their way into Jerusalem. Can you see the scene, my brothers and sisters? Luke does not talk about how the palm leaves are being waved, but he says that the disciples are laying coats at the feet of Jesus. There it is. This donkey is walking on coats. This is a sign of honor. It's a sign of respect, and the donkey is walking on the coats. The palm leaves are being waved, and this donkey is riding on the coat. Now, don't get it twisted. They're not throwing the coats at the feet of the donkey to honor the donkey. No, they're throwing the feet the coats at the feet of the donkey because of who is on the donkey's back which gives me good news to tell you don't ever get the big head child of God and think that everybody's trying to tell you how great you are you are only great because you got Jesus riding with you you're only gonna be powerful as long as you got Jesus riding with you I'm gone may the Lord bless you real good but that's the good news of Palm Sunday is that we can allow Jesus to get on us to take him where he needs to be. I wish the men would have sang my song today because there's one little hymn that blesses me every time during this year. Ride on King Jesus. I wish I had somebody that can testify. Touch somebody next to you and tell them, ride on King Jesus. No man cannot hinder you. Do I got anybody here that said, I'm glad the Lord uses me in spite of me. And when you know you've been used, you want to tell the Lord, thank you for using. I'm done. Everyone stand that I don't have alone today. But here's the crazy thing. Is he did not just release 
this donkey and reclaim this donkey just for the simple fact of releasing it and reclaiming it. But this donkey would have a purpose. This unknown, formerly tied up donkey from a place no one else could even find on a map gets honor, gets prestige simply because he was the one who carried Jesus into Jerusalem. Every child of God, I need you to know Jesus has purpose for each and every one of us. And let's be honest, this isn't the most glamorous job in the kingdom. But this donkey proudly was moving with Jesus on his back. Which means that every assignment God calls us to is not always going to be glamorous. Won't always acclaim you. Won't always push you up. But there's purpose in everything that the Lord does. And just to be a part of the parade should be enough for us. As we move into this week, from this Holy Sunday to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, my prayer is that we recognize and don't allow this just to be any other week, but for us, it is a constant and consistent reminder of Jesus doing what no one else could do. And that's saving us from our sins. That's the most powerful moment about this week. If you can't celebrate anything else. The good news is we got a God. That thought so much about us. That he paid a price. That none of us could pay ourselves. Deacon Reed, I saw lately this list of the top richest people in the world. Guy that owns Amazon. That's amazing. He getting ready to get a divorce and still be. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Um, you see certain names on that list, Bill Gates, all that stuff. But no matter how rich you are here, you can't pay for redemption. Also, I submit to you, you can't pay for peace. You, you can't pay for, for rest. You, there's some things that only come through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the most impactful place on the planet, Tabernacle Baptist Church. Don't forget, go by website, tbcaugusta.org, there to see all that we got going on. And also, I thank you in advance for your benevolence and your gift that helps us promote the kingdom of God. Listen, I want to see you come back. Check us out later. Love you much. Take care. Peace.